a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys uh, that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Um, You know, we throw the word legacy around a lot nowadays. Uh, In fact, I just got done finally uh, watching the Netflix uh, miniseries, uh, The Last Dance, uh, about the dynasty Chicago Bulls, uh, legacy of the 90s. And I know I'm a little late to the table, but it was amazing. And, um, and you know, if there was a word counter at the bottom of the screen throughout that 10-episode arc or whatever it was, I'll bet the word legacy uh, would have been the second most uttered word uh, <laughs> right after Jordan. Um, but the true meaning of the word legacy has little to do with basketball at all. It actually comes from a 14th century Uh, medieval Latin word, look this up, uh, which meant uh, a body of persons sent on a mission. And well, today, it's very appropriate uh, that we are very honored to have as our guest today, a man with uh, also coincidentally MJ's same uh, surname, uh, who led and left a true legacy, a literal mission, uh, honoring the origin of the word, uh, for hundreds of young people and their parents, like myself, both here in the U.S. and in far more challenging corners of the world, through the work he did with his family and with Jesus in serving orphaned and abandoned children in Latin America. And we'll get to that. And I know we are, we're starting out here jumping right into the deep end, okay? No cute little anecdote, no kind of whatever. We're just getting right to this is like the bono of Manigas here. But it's warranted because it's men like today's guest that give us all something to aspire to. Uh, and in the meantime, just be grateful for his positive influence on our kids along the way. Um, but you know what? That is actually, even though it's a f- profound piece of what makes this guest uh, so remarkable, um, it's just one of the many things that make, uh, that make him so admirable. As a fellow father and husband, I've had the opportunity and the, and the sincere pleasure of watching him unconditionally support his kids, his wife, who's amazing, his parish communities uh, in ways that demonstrate the mission of being a man of faith in everyday ways too. So we got a lot of good stuff to talk about here today with our own Jordan rules. Uh, please welcome today's man of man, Mr. Richard Jordan. Hey, Richard. Hello there. How are you? Oh, really great. Thank you so much for uh, for being here. You know, it's funny you had the Michael Jordan thing. So one time I'm in Europe for business, right? And I'm, I don't remember where I was. Amsterdam, I think, renting a car, and you go, no, it was in Germany, renting a car, and there's a little grizzled woman there, and then a big, jovial black guy, and so he's perfect British English, and he's looking at my passport and reservation, oh, Jordan, this was in the 90s, and goes, Jordan, from America, you must know Michael Jordan, (laughs) and I said, well, I know, it's kind of weird, but, you know, he's my brother, (laughs) and so he starts laughing, and she's scowling at me. And then he says, you know, in Europe, we have another very famous Jordan. I said, I bet you're talking about Eddie Jordan. So most people in the U.S. don't know Eddie Jordan. Mm -hmm. He was a Formula One uh, owner, team owner, and his reputation, he would uh, hire a young driver, and then he couldn't afford him anymore, and they went to the big teams. 
he, his team won the race the previous weekend oh. in Brazil. And so when I said, yeah, Eddie Jordan, he goes, you're American and you know Eddie Jordan? And I said, yeah, he, he, he's my uncle. <laughs> and he's very well So out of yeah. that, I got a one-step upgrade for some cheap car. Nice. <laughs> well, hey, that's, anyway, uh, that's whatever. fantastic. It's a, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a surname with... With uh, with clout, so which is <laughs> yeah. great. Um, but hey, really, thank you so much for being here. And uh, you know, uh, there's so much that we're going to be able to talk about in the in the short time that we have this afternoon. Uh, and and uh, and I know this this singular thing that I that I sort of mentioned in the intro doesn't define you, but it is so. It really is profound, and, and a lot of our listeners. Um, who uh, constitute uh, most of our family and friends <laughs> already right. pretty much know the story behind NPH. But I'd love, yeah. for those that don't, I'd love to start there. As long as we're already in the deep end, let's stay there for a little bit and then we'll, uh, and then we'll do a little Benjamin Button thing and we'll go backwards okay. from there. But if we could maybe just kind of start with, with the story of NPH and how you and Kathy, you know, really took that on and really did. I mean, and for all the listeners out there that had anything to do with Holy Name of Jesus School back in the in the early two thousands, or uh, you know, you know exactly how profound this impact was. But let's 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 start there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and NPH's Nuestros Pequeños Hermanos that was started sixty seven years ago in uh, Cuernavaca, Mexico, by a priest from Arizona that was told he was too sickly to ever amount to anything. So somehow he finds himself in Cuernavaca in a little chapel uh, to kind of go fast and kids were stealing from the church finds out uh, from the police that they are living on the streets so he mm. says well, well i'll take them so the story is a week later he had like 10 or 11 12 13 more <laughs> uh today 67 years later there's been 18 19,000 kids that have come through mph homes not only in mexico where he started the home but also nine other other countries in mexico mm. there's three homes so Holy Name had a long relationship with MPH, thanks to Father Arnold, and uh, having kids go down there, it could go twice, you know, through uh, faith formation. And when our daughter, Claire, was uh, after her probably sophomore year, junior year, whatever it was, um, she had the opportunity to go. And we had friends that had kids older than ours, and they always said, if you do nothing else, <laughs> make sure that it. you go on the MPH teen trip or yeah. your, your kids go on the MPH teen trip. And so that's what we did. And so she came home. We picked her up at the airport at 11 o'clock at night after mm -hmm. her, her week down there. And this was no cell phones or anything like this. Back at that time, that was back in 2007. And... Uh, she didn't stop talking until she it was like three in the morning. <laughs> Claire was not the most outgoing kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to study uh, elementary education. I'm going to minor in Spanish. I'm going to work with underprivileged kids. Wow. And so Kathy and I look at each other and say, hmm, we'll see how long this lasts. <laughs> so then it's coming to the next year, time to sign up for the, the again for the trip on the following summer. And so I, with her permission, asked her if I could go as a chaperone to, mm -hmm. to, to sign up as a chaperone. So she said, because I wanted to find out what yeah, the heck right. happened yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> to our little daughter. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, I was lucky enough that I, I was, got accepted to go and I got it, you mm -hmm. know, and I didn't quite get it the first day or maybe even the second day. 
But as with anybody that we take on trips these days, you know, it's always interesting to see when do they get it? Uh, When is, when are they kind of hit upside the head with a two by four to, to, to figure out what a holy place that they are in and there's these 400 kids and there's nothing but love Mm -hmm. uh, in, in this, in this place. And so I got it hook, line and sinker. Mm -hmm. And there was a visit, there was mass every Saturday night there because there's a chapel at the home that was designed and and built by a former Pequeno, a kid that grew up there and became an architect. And the first sacrament was his wedding, by the way. Mm. So, uh, you know, there was a visiting priest and, and afterwards I'm talking to him and, uh, he says, oh, I always love having the opportunity to come here. Something about this place grabs your heart and never lets go. Mm. And boy, and so that's what's happened to our family. Yeah. <laughs> I've been now 15 times, I think, 15 oh or gosh. 16, leading groups, first chaperoning with, um, with Chris Kostelk and, and others from Holy Name, and then when our youngest was eight at that time, Kathy and I are both from New York originally, and we would always go back on vacation to the to Cape Cod. And so Matt, when he was eight, said, is there any way our family could go to MPH for vacation? Because now Claire had been, yeah. I had been, our other son Andrew had been through Holy Name. And it's like, hmm, when your eight-year-old says that, <laughs> instead of going to Cape Cod, <laughs> you probably should figure out a way to do it. Yeah. So that really became the beginning of the family hobby (laughs) and uh so we started the family and friends trip in two that was 2012 uh and for a couple years i went with holy name as well as our own trip Mm -hmm. so um what a what a blessing it's been to be able to do that as a kind of a third party trip from mph and we've taken yeah lots of people so many people And, and so it's so cool to hear and i've heard it before but i love you know being able to share that personal, you know, story and the testimony, but so many people, and thankfully so many people have exactly that experience that you had. And then they go back and they go home and they have that great experience to share with others, you know, when it comes up in whatever in life, but you had that experience and you didn't leave it with yourself. You know what I mean? You didn't even leave it with your family. You took on really this mantle of, I mean, you, you evangelized about it. You got all these families exposed to it. You got families like our family, yep. which didn't have mission work on the radar screen And one of all. your daughters was the model for proper behavior for a young female teenager <laughs> down there too, um, which was uh, great. And, uh, uh, but, but so I guess my question is, when, when you had this, when it hits you, okay, mm-hmm. when you got it, yeah. did you also know how, what it was going to turn into for you and the impact that you were going to lead for other people or did it, did it just all of a sudden it just started happening and you're like, Oh my gosh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm leading this now. You know what I mean? Or did you come back with, all right, more people need to see this more people need to experience this. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. You know, I came back that first time with boy, I hope I can go again. (laughs) (laughs) I hope Chris picks me to go again next summer, you know, and then it became the next summer and then the next summer. And then, you know, it's, and again, something grabs your heart and doesn't let go. So back here with MPH USA, which started here in St. Paul, you know, okay, we're going to go to this fundraiser or we're going to go to this event. And so you kind of get hooked in a little more. And so, by the time we got to, like I say, 2012, when Matt said he wanted to go, that's when it kind of really hit that, uh, you know, there's, 
I think there's lots of people that look, you know, how, how could I go? And we found, how can I go on a mission? I'd love to go on some kind of mission trip, yeah. but I don't know where to start, yeah. you know, because my church doesn't have one or I don't know somebody that goes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so many people, whether it's something like this or any kind of volunteer activity, people just need to be asked, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you, you yeah. never know how many people are hoping they can get involved in yeah. something until they're yeah. asked. So. Uh, as we say, after all these years now, we have mission trip in a box. Yeah. <laughs> we can, well, we I, can open it up, yeah. and this is where we have the documentation, the, mm-hmm. the expectations laid out, and we're working on 2022 right yeah. now. Actually. And I think that is that is the brilliance of it, because I do think, you know, all volunteer work, it's like, hey, you know, half of it is, is being asked. But mission work especially, it's such a big swing. I mean, for a lot of people, yeah. that is like... That's hardcore. That's truly like, that's the difference in between like being an usher and going on a mission trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so I think that is so smart that you've done that. And so how, like where, so now it's been however many years later, yep. you're now sort of, like I said in your intro, this, this is really a legacy that you and your family have left. Are you surprised that it turned into what it did? Or is this like, did you grow up with this? Did you have parents that that oh. ended up you know you know driving change and doing all this stuff or you just, just sometimes you look back and go i can't believe i'm this guy <laughs> yeah yeah no no my growing up there was uh this was not a faith-filled family you oh, know really? growing up we were as i would call today creasters you know christmas and easter uh you know, so it's you know that's the way what we we were my father was transferred about every three years and so we never settled on a mm-hmm. you know okay going to mass every week because it seemed like we're already mo- moving of course i would think you're probably should do that to me people <laughs> but on the other hand uh no it just has kind of evolved and um and you know it's 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 just kathy and i are a hundred and ten percent you know aligned on everything mm-hmm. we're each other's best friend and so certainly you know that helps from that regard it helped having claire our daughter, you know, after college for a couple of years, she quit her job, quit her boyfriend. She moved to Mexico mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you can have a six month volunteer or a year or sign up for a year or she signed up for a year and a half. She yeah. kept, you know, staying. And so, you know, that helped with a connection. But all of a sudden when you see, again, how it hits people for the first time and, and, and you know, again, like you said before, you, you know, you go down there and you don't know what you're going to get out of it. Yeah. And we always tell people the first time, you think you're coming down with these donations and you've raised this money. You are going to get more than you know from a nine-year-old kid that you can't even speak with yeah, yeah, <laughs> than you'll ever yeah. imagine. And so that that was how I was involved. And you just, you know, you want to do everything you can, yeah. you know, for these kids just as your own kid, you know. Yeah. We, we've got a couple now that are in university. So just like your own kid, mm-hmm. you know, Alex is going off to university. Well, what do you do? You buy him a laptop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we had that, that arranged. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's just, you see, and you try not to forget too, when we go down the last night of the trip in the chapel during reflections, um, I always pose the question, what did you learn from these kids? What did you learn from these kids in terms of love, in terms of sharing, in terms of faith, that when we go back to the crazy culture of Minnesota or wherever, I mean, one year we had 37 people on our trip from five different airports. Wow. And somehow we didn't lose anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But but what, what did you learn from these kids? And then what, when you get back to Minnesota or wherever... What are you going to remember? So I think that's, you know, to your point, mm-hmm. how has this changed you, not just for this week or, you know, the afterglow, the week after or this and that, you know, how are you going to live your life 
you know, differently? Yeah. Uh, how are you going to serve others? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you, you don't do that to get something out of it. You know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But, but I think you always get, not intentionally, you get more out of it than you can ever imagine by helping others. Yeah. You know, what, what, it's, it's amazing. Totally. And such a remarkable experience. And I would imagine for a lot of people that go that maybe <clears throat> for a lot of people, it could be there, not only an eye-opening um, sort of event just to that, um, I don't want to say plight, but just that, that, that version of, of charity, meaning love, that, yeah. that version of being just so unconditionally exposed and, and appreciated. But, um, and, and so that's amazing. And then, and that maybe sets them on a path that they didn't even think, you know, with Jesus that they'd ever be on. Right. For you and Kathy though, uh, you know, I, I would imagine long before there was an NPH, you know, the two of you and your marriage, and this is just as, as we witnessed it as, as, uh, as sort of, you know, peer married people and mm-hmm. peer parents, such a great marriage, such a great family unit, irrespective of NPH. How, how I would, so, so anyway, I would imagine the whole NPH thing, all it did was like, you already had the soil tilled. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like seeds had to like find yeah. their way in. So talk about, talk about sort of how faith and, 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 and that relationship, not only with each other, but with God really did kind of maybe get that soil just ready so that by the time something like an NPH comes around, it's like, okay, boom, here we go. Yeah. Of course, with that soil, last time we were there, we planted 52 mango trees (laughs) (laughs) in the hot blazing sun and loved every minute of it. But no, um, you know, fortunately when Kathy and I met in uh, college at North Carolina State, And again, and we're both, like I said, from New York originally. And our joke was that um, we walked faster than everybody else. (laughs) We didn't stop to spit every 10 feet. You know, this is back in the mid seventies and we didn't, uh, oh, actually we had all of our teeth. So, um, (laughs) hey, you're from New York, me too. So, so, you know, we, we, we hit it off right away from a blind date and uh, her family was, I mean, they did not miss mass. They never miss mass. And in fact, the kind of kid that her mother was a nun. Um, <laughs> you know, she had sensible haircut, sensible shoes. Yeah. She was the Catholic high school librarian. And uh, yeah, you weren't missing mass. So as we dated, and if I was down in Charlotte where she was living then at the time, her parents, you know, we'd go to mass. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I haven't done this in a long time. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, started the path, you know, to that. And then we moved up here, uh, six years, got married, six years down there, moved up here in 84. And we went to one church and then we found holy name and we found father arnold Mm -hmm. you know and so um we just always continued like i say to be each other's best friend Mm -hmm. and it's something that's you know going to mass is very important you know you know to us and when you do those things together with your best friend Mm -hmm. you can't help but grow and, and like you say the seeds start to bloom and blossom and uh you know, you're on this beautiful path together. Yeah, yeah. I, a, a mutual friend of ours. I was, I was just. Uh, um, <clears throat> well, and he's been on the show, Todd Johnson, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm going to totally hack something that he was sharing with me. And it had, but it has something to do. And I can't remember if it was a biblical reference. If I don't know if it's from scripture or not, Todd, you can call me later and and, and, and <laughs> correct me. But it essentially um, was related to um, as a parent, you have these 
arrows in your quiver, okay? And and the arrows are are your children. And so you, your job as a parent is to point them uh, in the right direction. Uh, but just like an arrow, uh, you know, once you fire an arrow, once it's gone, it's, it's gone. It's gone. And so you really got to make sure <laughs> that you've got pretty good aim. And so when I think of... You know, um, you know, and I love that this whole NPH thing blossomed from Claire, from from one of your kids. Yeah, yeah. That actually brought it to you, and so essentially, that's the arrow that was pointed, as all of your arrows have been, and then in some weird like boomerang way, the arrow kind of came back, you know, to to, to the family, uh, and then and then beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I say, from the MPH aspect or anything, we still, you know, we're shooting a lot of arrows at other people. I mean, mm-hmm. I think sometimes somebody might cringe if they get an email from Jordan KR81. <laughs> oh, no, what are they up to now? <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but you're right, and you, you follow the path of your arrow, and you hope that uh, you teach your kids also in turn how to how to shoot straight, yeah. you know, with that, and fall in, in they follow the values and the morals that you tried to instill in them. Mm-hmm. And that is, and, then, and just last little point of this is as a parent, the other, you know, cause I've never been, Betsy's never been, but, but the, but the impact that, that it had on our, on our girls and, 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 and the residual impact of that you make sure every young person, and I'm sure chaperones that they come away with is that it's not just this great, few days right. in this foreign land. It is something that it's kind of like going to mass. It's like you need to leave. You go to mass to be changed. You don't go to mass for that hour and then go back to normal. The intent is to is to leave with a changed heart. And and I think that's what you and, and Kathy have done so well with this tr- this mission trip. It's not just a bucket list no. thing. It's, it's a not te- a, it's hey. a just a teaching opportunity. Yeah, it's a one week short course, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, it's a teaching, you know, learning, you know, opportunity, and and you know, having the opportunity for people to be exposed to something again that's out of their comfort zone. Yep. You know, yep. and I remember one time we had somebody and they'd never been on an airplane before, and we're flying to Mexico City, <laughs> and uh, you know, they were nervous on the flight the that's whole time, fantastic. every little bump, but. But no, it's a teaching moment, and then yeah, how can you know it's a big Ponzi scheme, right? Actually, you know, <laughs> so we got your it's daughters, big, and the daughters yeah, tell somebody yeah, else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the the best, the best kind of Ponzi scheme. But it's a good Ponzi yeah, scheme, virtuous Ponzi, yeah, because those kids aren't expecting anything. Yeah, right. right you know, and they right. they have nothing, and then the message also to to our kids, you can be pretty darn happy sitting on a pile of dirt with some marbles, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, or some cards and. Mm-hmm cars and, and you don't need the I this and the I that and the I this, you know, mm-hmm. to, to experience love and sharing and, and all this kind of thing. And, and, you know, the challenge is how do you take that again, holy little place in Miyakatlan, Mexico and transfer it, you know, here, mm-hmm. you know, in some way. Well said. Well said. Well, hey, we are. Uh, we could talk all night, mm-hmm. um, but we are at the fun segment okay. uh, of the big show here. Uh, same three questions. We ask mm-hmm. every guest. And uh, as, as our listeners have heard, um, our Mr. Jordan is very, uh, very well-spoken and very eloquent. So we're expecting very big things uh, with these uh, questions. So fun segment question number one, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning and just wanted to hang out with you for the day, what are you going to do with Jesus? First of all, I'd be with 
I'd have my best friend along, mm-hmm. right? So Kathy and I would share this together. And, and like, especially since, again, her mother was almost a nun. But, uh, <laughs> so she feel right at home. But, you know, one thing, uh, you know, you'd start knocking the door, let's go to adoration. You know, let's go to adoration. And just to be, again, in, in there, on your knees, quiet, yeah. you know, and to feel, to feel that presence, to feel the presence of God there. I mean, you know, how, how cool would that be? And then maybe uh, we go to mass at uh, the Cathedral of St. Paul, All right? What a wonderful place that is. And, uh, you know, I guess you can't say a homily if you're not a priest, but they might make an exception. <laughs> we have a guest homilist today. Yes. We have a guest homilist today. <laughs> Jesus is speaking in the, Jesus is in the house. And so, you know, we, maybe we could get an exception oh, for him to, uh, to, to, to preach, right? And then I thought it'd be cool to, to go out here on the lake and rent a pontoon boat. Mm. And what, you know, not any destination, but just floating, talking, um, you know, just in that presence. How, you know, I can't imagine mm-hmm. what that would be like, yeah. you know, and um, I don't know. That'd be something. That's a good day. That's a yeah, that's a good day. That's a good day. <laughs> All right. That's a good day. <clears throat> All right. Fun segment question number two. Uh, if you could go to church... Uh, with any other guy, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna emphasize the word guys. So the mm-hmm. show is called Mana. Yep. And I'm, this isn't a spoiler alert because we didn't, by the by the time this airs as part of season five, I don't know what the sequence has been. But without naming any names, we've had, I don't know what it is about season five, but we've had some rogue guests here mm. that have taken the question, which is if you could go to church with any other guy, who'd you go with? And they've gone off script. So. I'm going to hope that you, that you, I'm an engineer, so I'm disciplined. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So if you could go to church with any other man, living or dead, famous or not, know him or not, doesn't matter. Just any other guy, you're going to church. Who are you going to church with? I think two of the most amazing guys, uh, neither which are living today would be one would be father Arnold. Mm -hmm. You know, the impact that he had on my life and so many other people's lives. And, uh, when uh, when we moved here, and it's just just amazing, and, and you know, like you and so many others, very act, you know, it was an active Catholic, right? Not one just sitting in the pew every mm-hmm. week, but you know, between you know various committees and the school and all all these kind of things. But uh, you know, he he was a guy that could talk to anybody. I remember one time Andrew, he was saying something about uh, he got tonka underwear or something like that and so he says to father arnold do you do you have any jesus underwear and he says no i got something else and i can still picture those two guys when andrew was three maybe kind of running a little bit together in the in the gathering space but uh what an amazing person and again think of the impact that he had Mm -hmm. on people his his whole family between other Otto and his sisters and all that but him and then also not to harp on mph but father wasson Father William Watson that started MPH, like yeah. I said, and, 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 you know, what an amazing guy that just, he never took no for an answer. And he, mm-hmm. he saw these kids that needed help. And then he'd, and apparently the story would be always that, uh, okay, Hey, we need to build a home in Nicaragua. Father, we don't have money for this. We're going to build a home in Nicaragua. Yeah. And, uh, Rose Schaffhausen, who was one of the original founders of MPH USA. She's still alive, 92 years old or something in St. Paul and just as sharp as a tack, mm-hmm. you know, and she knew him, she and her sister knew him very, very well. Yeah. And the stories that she tells about him, what a, what an amazing person, you know, 
That guy should be a saint. That's cool. Well, and here you describe him, and he actually sounds a lot like Father Arnold. Because yeah, well, I remember oh, Father okay, Arnold that's a good point. being very much like, this is we're what we're going to do. This. And people yeah. would be like, that can't be done. He's like, we're doing it. Yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, it was done. Yeah. You know, Arnie's yeah. door. I remember when Arnie's door. Oh, yeah. Sorry to talk a little inside baseball, man, Elisir. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I remember the same thing yeah. when that was started, and nobody ever thought it was going to happen. And all of a sudden. And he was always good saying, find the busiest mom. Yeah. Right? Find right, the right. busiest mom, yeah. and we'll, she'll make it happen. And yeah. Father Watson. <clears throat> Uh, Rosa's sister worked in the embassy in Mexico City, and somehow they met. And so he told her and Arnold to get your sister to do this back up in St. Paul. Get your sister to do that. We need this. We need that. <laughs> you know, that's true. I had never thought of it that way, but you're right, Jeff. All right. Fun segment question number three. Bring us home here. If you could give uh, just one piece of advice to a younger man um, about, you know, just kind of turning out like you, uh, although it's a high bar to, to, to reach, uh-huh. but, but living, living a, a life of, of, of confident faith um, and just walking without, without pretense, without any, any sort of uh, insecurity around it. What would that piece of advice be to a younger, a younger man? Yeah, and I think when I was thinking of this, I was thinking a bit of, of um, Matt going off to college. You know, when your kids go off to college and, and advice, and uh, so maybe I'm not answering the question correctly, but you know, just I mean, some really simple things, the golden rule, yeah, right. You know, and uh, and uh, get involved in campus ministry. Don't be embarrassed to sh- to be proud of your faith. You know, kids go off to college, and well, okay, they're. And you're telling your kid, well, you know, the Newman Center is right across the street over here, right? And, da, 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 da. <laughs> and have you contacted them? No. You know, you could play guitar with them. Da, da, da. But, uh, you know, don't don't be afraid to encourage them to do that for them, to take that, you know, their way. And they're getting a little out of their comfort zone, but yeah. take another step out of out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And, uh, and, and most importantly, tell them you trust them and you love them. Yeah, that's great. Amen to that. All right. Our, our Mr. Jordan, Richard Jordan, thank you so much for being here today on MANA. Thank you. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.